0: Welcome back everyone to episode four of Tintalk Talk Pod. You guys thought that we were gonna be done, that we burnt out, but we are back 2023. We are here with who is Austin Mills. That's his Instagram handle, aka T-Bone, as Drew would say. I like to say D2's best kept secret. I know that's gonna trigger some people out there. Newly minted Sub4 guy. I got to spend all weekend with him in Boston. Austin, welcome to the show. Congratulations on joining the Sub 4 Club. There's a tree somewhere planted for you, thanks to Ben Blankenship. Shout out. <laughs> How does it feel,
1: man? What's up? Been uh, trying to get on here for, like, years, it seems like. Um, I'm excited to finally be here, but, man, feeling good. Like, came off a great race, and pff, I'm just, like, kind of just riding the high from this weekend. and For sure, for sure. Like, just kind of stoked
0: yeah yeah, that's awesome man i like to kick off um i want to start kicking off this podcast series with this little segment called showing some love just uh anything that you're eating right now any supplements you're taking any little plug we don't have any official sponsors for this podcast yet um i know me personally i've been using fireflies on flights been loving that as always that's been kind of a game changer we both use them on our travel to boston and uh If you don't know what it is, it's this little thing you put on your legs and it really promotes blood flow, especially for flights. Like I used to feel like shit coming off flights, so that was a big one. Um I wanted to show some love to the very nice track club guys, specifically Morgan Beetlescum. Um I was like sitting by myself when I got to Boston. He was like, Yo, come sit with me, man, and I thought that was really cool, so appreciated that big time. Um really wanted him to join Tim Man Elite, not gonna lie. Um, but, uh, stoked to see him, uh, running well, that transition can be really hard, uh, for a lot of guys. Um, but before we jump into your transition, uh, you got some love to show to something,
1: anyone? Oh, so much. Like, uh, yeah, like you said, I've been wearing like fireflies. Like that was huge on my trip to Boston. Um, like I never used those in college and those were great. Like I just, Yeah. I love those things.
0: So sub four has obviously been like a barrier that every runner wants to break. Um, and you finally got to do it. Talk me through it.
1: Yeah. I mean, for the last few years I've, I've been wanting to do that. Um, I think I've been in shape to do it before, but I just haven't really had the, the confidence. And so going into this season, I knew I was going to do it. Um, and just, you know, training with, with guys like Drew and, and you and Jermaine, like pretty much everyone on the team is broken four, other than maybe two or three guys. So it's like when you're doing workouts with guys like that, you kind of know that it's, it's going to come, it's going to come. So yeah, I was stoked, but you know, for me, I, I'm just more concerned with other stuff. Like I like winning more than I do just like, but that, that was a great, great barrier. And I was, I was super happy with that. And, it was, a, it was a fun night just to kind of relish that and and finally finally get under. But, yeah, it, it is cool to be a sub-four miler. Like, you know, like, that's a lot of kids' dreams. Yeah, I, dream, mean, so.
0: I mean, you, like, you forget about it just because, you know, it, it is something that, yeah, like, more and more high schoolers are doing it now. You know, like, Boston, there was, you know, who knows how many mm-hmm. that actually did it for the first time. Um, and there's always those really cool experiences with it. You know, like, you're going to get the tree now. You know, that's a really cool oh, yeah, add-on yeah. that Ben Blankenship is doing um and yeah it's one of these things that you're it's probably going to be said at your funeral you know what i mean like you know it's like not to be morbid but it's like one of those things where it's like austin miller like he was a sub four miler he did this and this and this you know so that's a really cool thing that no one can ever take away from you now you know and like no matter what happens from here on out that's something you say you can that you did that you're in the one percent tile of people that have ever done it and that's a really special thing mm-hmm. um so take me back um to the early beginnings of your sport i know that um i found out today when we were running that you were actually a d2 walk-on not just a d2 runner but a d2 walk-on and that you played soccer all the way until your senior year i feel like you hear it a lot in the sport with guys like i know myself like i played soccer for quite some time and i swam um mm-hmm. but not my senior year of high school, you know, like, I'm not still doing that, like, I think Grant Fisher played until his, like, sophomore year, I know Craig Ingalls kept playing until his sophomore year, but you really didn't figure out running until you were, what, 17, 18
1: years old? Yeah, I'd be, like, 18, but, yeah, I mean, I have a pretty weird story, like, I was telling Sam on the run this morning, but, yeah, I played soccer pretty much my whole childhood, Um, and, you know, I really wanted to do that, like, collegiately, I always knew I wanted to be kind of, like, a college athlete and and you know everyone wants to be a pro athlete when they're little and I for sure had that and sports were always a big part of my life um but I I was going through college and I could never really break through couldn't get any offers anywhere so you know I had I had a bunch of friends soccer you can get yeah I couldn't get any offers in soccer um and partially that's just because like the midwest isn't great for that but um yeah so like uh some of my my soccer teammates like also ran track in the spring that 's how they kind of stayed fit and um and they were pretty good. One of my good friends uh played soccer and then he ended up going to augustana where where I ended up going to college and he kind of convinced me to go out for track or at least just bouncing we were bouncing ideas off each other and I did that hated it I was pretty terrible. I remember going for like my first four mile run and I thought I was gonna die um but I just kept working and I just really I fell in love with just like the team element of it like we all were really close in high school and we all hung out together and hung out after school and did stuff together like that wasn't related to running and um I just kind of wanted to keep it going so I ended up talking to the coach at Augustana because my my um high school head coach had ran with him in in high in, in college so they knew each other pretty well and he basically just convinced him that I was you know I had a lot of potential and um they they ended up letting me walk on so i walked on to the the team and was basically running like 400s and 600s and training with like the long sprint crew yeah and doing like these crazy lifts and stuff and i felt super out of place uh, this,
0: the lifts I did in college compared to like what I do now is like so funny like yeah. college lifting is so intense because like half the time it's like the football or basketball yeah. coach that's like riding the lifts yeah. for you like doing like crazy like deadlift like cleans and stuff I, and... Did, I, I don't touch that stuff now I'm doing like bodyweight lunges yeah. and like that's about it
1: you know yeah so like I knew pretty early on like I was looking at myself against all these other track guys and then I saw the cross team I was like man like that just seems like more my crowd um, and like all my friends were on that team so i ended up walking onto the cross country team my my second year of college and the rest is kind of history like i just kept getting better every year and i was just like i just kept finding more people to look up to and and chasing those guys and once i caught them i would chase the next guy and and like that was that was like a good process for me to be in for for most of college and and then finally yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about anything else, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to know, like, when, like, at what point, like, during that college career, so, like, you came in knowing probably fuck all about running or what college running mm-hmm. meant, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, when did you really start following the sport? Like, when did you first be exposed to, like, professional running and what that looked like? And, you know, like, when were you, like, in tune with what was going on past just your little D2 world at the time?
1: It was definitely when I kind of started hanging out with the cross-country guys. Like, the, those guys, as you know, they just get so yeah. invested in, like, what pros are doing, like, fast times coming out of high school, out of college. And I just kind of, like, I basically dropped everything, and I just got fully in, absorbed in, in running. Yeah. And I think when it finally started to hit me um, that I, you know, could possibly go pro was probably my fifth year Mm -hmm. um and like before then i was just a huge fan you know i was following tin man and um like bowerman and oregon like i was just a fan of all these teams and a fan of just like greatness Mm -hmm. and i never really thought that i could do that until i started just getting like to the point like performance wise where it was like, Oh, maybe like if I keep continuing to get better and better every year, maybe that's going to be an option for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just wasn't competitive enough until my like senior year. Um, and I didn't have the confidence or like I didn't get to go to like my coach didn't take me to great races or anything like that. And it's just such a, like as a D2 athlete, like so many things kind of have to go your way to, to like actually believe you can do that. Um, so for me, it was just like a huge, it was like a long process.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine. Do you remember, like, I'm so curious now, like, do you remember what your first, like, exposure was to Tim Man Elite or, like, a race or a video that you saw? Like, what was the first thing you saw?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I was there since the beginning. Like, I I just remember you, Drew, and Reed, just, like, the very origins of it. I remember you guys, like, made a a t t-shirt. And me and my friends, um, I can't remember how much it cost, but it was like eighteen bucks or something. Yeah, like I think fifteen yeah. bucks a shipping yeah. or shipping yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it was like eighteen dollars <laughs> per shirt because I remember telling myself like I really want to have this like under twenty dollars. Yeah. So like any money that's even like yeah. considering buying it is like okay, well that's, I can. That's I can, what I can, This to is me, the cheapest yeah. shirt I'm I can buy.
1: So yeah, one of them <laughs> I was just like I didn't buy the black one, but the white one finally got like restocked or something. Yeah, yeah, and. I remember my friend Henry and I, like, we were sitting on the couch and we both, like, ordered one. And, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and, like, we, we both still have them to this day. But, like, that was my first, like, I think that was the first ever pro shirt I bought, like, yeah. of supporting a group. So oh, that's was,
0: that's super cool. I always
1: had, like, just kind of this, like, link with you guys. and For sure. Um,
0: yeah, Joey had a very similar story yeah. also where, like, I'll never forget, like, it was one of the first times because Joey's origin story is funny because... He kind of showed up um, and started training in Boulder with Henry, like not being officially on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, like we told you, you were on the team basically. Mm-hmm. Like the minute you showed up here, like we saw all the talent in the world that you were going to have, and you're starting to show. Like mm-hmm. you've you took six months off of racing, and you ran, you know, four oh three back at home, and then three fifty seven. And mm-hmm. I have no doubt that you're going to continue that progression into the year. And by you know by the time USA rolls around in July, I think. Um, I think there's no doubt that you can make that final and be like a name within the, oh, yeah. yeah, the American, you know, mid distance world, like very quickly. Um, as long as you continue to work on those tactics and everything that coach ripped you on after Boston this time. Um, <laughs> uh, but Joey wore, uh, like the black OG yeah, 10 yeah. man shirt, like to practice. And I remember being like, how did, how, how did you get that? Like, I didn't give you that, you know? And, uh, he kind of like beat it around the bush for a little bit and then he was like, yeah, man, like I just, I bought this in the first drop, man. Like I, like it's kind of the same thing you were saying. It's like, it's pretty, it's yeah. it's pretty damn cool to see people that really were there at the start and then now are a part of the team and part of the Tin Man family mm-hmm. here. So. That's really special, and he actually, like, when we were hopping the fence on, like, the soccer fields, and we used to sneak on the soccer fields right now here to work out, he actually, like, ripped the shirt. Oh, no. And, like, he was so upset over it, and, like, I'm pretty sure that we came, like, directly down here afterwards, like, tried to dig him up an old one, and we couldn't find one, so I think maybe, maybe we'll have to do, like, a five-year anniversary, like, OG, unbranded, like, black and gold, like, just the cheapest con tees we could buy just yeah, to get did. something out. No, I'm never
1: going to get rid of that thing. That thing means a lot to me. Yeah. But- yeah, that's awesome,
0: man. I can't, I can't get rid of mine either. You know, no matter how shrunken, you know, disheveled. Oh, my thing is like now. it's like disheveled. <laughs> it's
1: got like pit stains and it's yeah. Like, well, you get what you paid grossing, for. <laughs> you know?
0: So our shirts are much nicer now. They might be a little more expensive, but they're <laughs> gonna last you forever now. Yeah. <laughs> um, So, tell me more about this Boston weekend. Like, it was obviously a huge weekend for both of us, you know. Like, we both broke some big barriers. Like, for me personally, it was a huge weekend to break through that 1320 wall, you know. Like, that was much harder than the sub four wall for me personally. Like, that was something I was battling really up since the Peyton Jordan race, which was our OG YouTube video where we all ran 1324 and qualified for that world championships. Like, even later that summer, I remember thinking, like, oh, I'm going to just yeah yeah break thirteen later yeah. this summer, yeah. you know, and then I would tank you know go for it, go out in seven fifty, you know, all these crazy three k splits, and then just you know red line and die, you know, um, but this is your first big pro experience where it was kind of funny where. I don't realize now that I've been in the, on the circuit now for so many Mm -hmm. years that you kind of know everyone and you see the same faces in your events. This is your first time really being around, you Mm -hmm. know, like we were on the on guys a lot, you know, we saw the NAU crew. Um, yeah. What was it like? And after the race, we got beers with a whole bunch of people. Like, just tell me about like what it was like being around these people. I like kept forgetting that I need to like introduce you to everyone, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But I hope I did a good job. (laughs) No, you did. Yeah. Like,
1: it is. It is cool. Um, you know, if you would have told me like a few years ago that I was going to be hanging out with these people and just like,
0: yeah, you'd be drinking a beer at the American record. after yeah, yeah, race. Like Woody, yeah. <laughs> it's like,
1: um, no, it's, it is pretty surreal, but like, like I'm starting to pick up pretty quickly that a lot of us are, are really similar and we're all kind of pursuing the same, same type of thing. And we're all going under the same stresses and pressures every day and, you know, injury type stuff. And, you know, everyone's doing the same shit. Like and that's, that is kind of comforting. Like, and so,
0: I don't know some of these NAU workouts, I don't know, I don't <laughs> know if we're all doing the same stuff, but uh, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I would be injured, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, it's like, it's great, man. Like I think it's going to take me a, a while to get used to it, but I, I really like just being around them and, and getting to know them. Um, hanging out with like Mike Foppen was great mm-hmm. and the on guys, um, it and was like, so
0: funny to be around Mike because, like, this was also his, like, first time in the yeah, U.S. at, like, yeah. a, at a race and all of a sudden, like, he's only been to, like, Diamond Leagues and small European races and all of a sudden he's at BU where there's, like, a hundred fucking sections of miles <laughs> and all these college kids from all over the place running around. It seems like total anarchy compared yeah. to the stuff he's had where it's, like, you show up to, like, a, you know, like, London Diamond League or Paris or whatever, and it's, like, you know exactly where you're going. You sit in the call room for 30 minutes and you come out into this stadium. And it's like here, it's like he missed check-in. Like, I don't know. Do you remember him? (laughs) telling Yeah. Like like... he
1: literally, we were supposed to check in and then like later we were supposed to get our hip numbers and he completely forgot to check in. So he gets there like five minutes before the race. They're like, dude, you didn't check in. Like we don't have numbers for you. And he's like, (laughs) I just flew twenty hours <laughs> yeah. from South Africa, like yeah. I'm gonna race, and like they you put, imagine that like
0: stress, yeah. like that heart, like, <laughs> like that heart, like jump that he. I mean, he would have been fine at the end of the day. He could have just stayed the next week and probably someone else, like the Bowerman guys, are gonna get revenge and ball yeah. out or whatever. But yeah. it's still cannot imagine
1: that stress. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was great to hang out with him. Like he's like obviously more centralized in Europe. So he has all like the scoops on the drama, which is is just cool. We all gossip and do all that stuff. And like, it's just funny to hear about, you know, different people. And, but yeah, it was great. So, so
0: what's been, um, changing gears here a little bit, like what's been kind of the hardest thing, um, for you kind of moving to Boulder new training group, you know, uh, I know that's such a very hard thing. And like, I I'll go back here for a second for myself for showing some love here um i like morgan Beatlescomb for example you know like he just switched up from his training group i know he's in the same place but he's with a very nice track mm-hmm. club now he's been racing great right off the bat and so have you and i think that's not as common as you think mm-hmm. like it's different for when someone like cooper tier for example last year um and cole they just stay with the same college coach you know because they know that works and they were already at a pro level mm-hmm. you know it's a whole nother thing to all of a sudden jump into a whole new system in a whole new place especially for you altitude you know is a whole new thing like talk to me about i know you're running what 70 70 miles a week pretty consistently now, I'm running like
1: right around there 60 to 65 and then yeah. if i'm not racing like a little more than that but yeah so what were the hardest transitions? Like,
0: Like what Like what are the stuff that, like, you didn't expect would be so hard, that were so hard about this professional transition? Yeah, I mean... Because you surely got thrown to the wolves in terms of, like, we were all doing kind of, like, Reed's marathon build-up together yeah. this, this uh, now, summer. No,
1: when I first got here, it was pretty brutal. Um, like, altitude is, is tough. Like, a lot of people say it takes, like, a year and a half just to kind of get acclimated and be able to just do workouts, like, at the same level you do workouts at sea level. Mm -hmm. So workouts were really challenging. Um, You know, I was, like, going all out at some of these workouts early (laughs) on. I was like, shit, man, I don't know if I'm going to survive. Like, Man, I did the same thing, though. Like, when I first showed up here, I was, like,
0: swimming in these workouts with, like, Morgan Pearson and, like, Reed and these guys that were, like, really fit, you know, already. And I had taken kind of the same thing that you did uh, where I just, like, took a lot of time off you know afterwards like you had your injury Mm -hmm. and like it's almost the type of thing where it's like you almost have to throw yourself to the sharks and like hope that you come out the other side the way you wanted to and (laughs) it's a risk because it is a high chance of injury and stuff but it's like this is this is pro sports we're talking here like this is a cutthroat business Mm -hmm. you know there's not a lot of money in it you got to perform right away and you got to keep performing because it's a what have you done for me lately type of atmosphere so Mm -hmm. yeah respect for you know (laughs) Going into it head first and not just being like, Oh no, I'm done today. You know, being like, No, I am gonna go out in five minute pace in this tempo, mm-hmm. knowing I'm not running threshold pace today.
1: Yeah, I remember a couple of workouts like where Reed was super fit, yeah. And, and I was like trying to hang on with him and I was like just so I wouldn't be by myself mm-hmm. like in these workouts and yeah, it turned in fr- it turned from threshold to like laptop. Like yeah. I was just like <laughs> dying on some of these trains so that was really tough um i mean it was
0: funny for me as an outsider because like i was in europe the whole time you know and like you know i had met you on your visit we got to spend some good time together then but you know all i'm hearing is like yeah man like i don't know about austin like he's you can't really (laughs) Mm -hmm. like do like this three mile tempo run or whatever you know so it's like i'm like oh man is this going to be like a long ordeal you know to get you running well you know because that's that's that happens with a ton of people, oh, you yeah. know, where it takes a full year to get your swagger back after running, you know, being at the top of your game because you were your runner up, right, in the 1500 mm-hmm. behind
1: Christian or... Yeah, well, Callum Elson. Okay, yeah. Shout out the distance project. <laughs> My boy, Callum. Um,
0: yeah, so kudos to that. Um, if you could go back and do it all over again um, with, like, the college scene and like let's say you're the runner you are right now and you had to go back to a D one program or D two program. You can go back to Augustana if you want. Mm. Um but let's let's say hypothetically where are you going? Why?
1: <laughs> oh man. I mean yeah going back like yeah I wish I would have ran in high school and stuff but like I think I am who I am now because of what I did and like how I went through the sport. Um it was just always about progress for me and every year getting better. And, like, I honestly don't know if I would change anything. Like, if I was a D1 guy, maybe I would have burnt out. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I would have run a little faster. But, like... There's I, definitely an underbelly to D, D1 that yeah. people don't see. Where
0: it's like, yeah, you might see, like, all the amazing runners on NAU and how fast they run. But there's a whole flock... Of guys there that were also state champions that don't make it to their fifth year, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's their path in life, you know. But there is a huge aspect to the underbelly of it that you don't see because you only, unless you're on the team and see it, you only see the good stuff.
1: Yeah, and for me, it was like D2 was great for me, and like my program was great for me because my coach just kind of like just. Every year we would just bump up a little bit. Like it wasn't just like, "All right, you're at this level now. Like let's crank it up to 90 miles a week. Let's have you doing this stuff. You know, let's let's try to win a national title." I was like, okay, let's recess. Let's like get a little bit better. But every year it wasn't anything crazy. And I think that consistency and that like drive to mm-hmm. just improve every year is why I ha- am here. Like mm-hmm. I think, honestly, like. I'm feeling really good about where I'm at because, like, I just feel like I still have a lot of potential and I, I haven't gone to the well like a lot of these D1 guys do early mm-hmm. on. And I haven't pushed myself in training like that yet, which I mean, that was definitely one of the biggest
0: things that was exciting about bringing you onto the team, mm-hmm. you know, was because we're like, okay, like, yeah, sure, maybe we could bring on a 355 guy, you know, but. Is that his best? You know, like mm-hmm. what? Is he going to get maybe a second or two faster? Whereas, like for you, there's definitely this huge appeal of being like, this guy could be a 350 guy, mm-hmm. you know, because of how underdeveloped he was before, you know? Like, all of a sudden, if he does start doing tempo work, because, like, when we first were reading your workouts <laughs> and what you did with those workouts, we're like, Holy shit! Wait till this guy learns what threshold is. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's one of these things that it's really exciting there for sure. I really teed you up for that question to say you dub like those guys just ran eight, like what was it? Eight guys that just ran sub four. Yeah, like
1: Andy, Andy Powell, he'd be pretty fun to work under. You know, like yeah, Andy Powell's a the man. There's there's certain coaches where like yeah, it'd be it'd be fun to just like learn from them, and and he's one of those guys like. Prickle's killing it, like, yeah. dude just ran thirteen eighteen and probably gonna run Prickle is, like, the quietest <laughs> best
0: runner ever, you yeah, know? We were, like, we his, about this, his yeah.
1: PRs are, like, insane like, he's, I mean,
0: yes, he you know, finalist, world indoors you know, like, 350 mile like, people forget how good Sam dude's Prickle insane. is, and dude's yeah. always in the top five, he's always there like, the amount of times he's been, like in position to make a team with, like, 200, 300 go <laughs> I, I think he has the best stats over the past like four years. Oh, dude, years. he's run
1: 336 like a million times. Yeah. Like, he's he's always there. I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure this year. I think mm-hmm. he's got something to prove. So
0: Yeah, those UW guys definitely have a luxury that a lot of people don't have when it comes to they got to wake up in their own bed that morning, get paced by a 350 miler, and then all Through like what, it. <laughs>
1: like 1400 or something like that? It was yeah, like,
0: man. But respect to those guys, they got it done, you know, like you can talk all day about like, oh, BU's track, you know, UW's track is long, like all this stuff. At the end it. of the day, your legs are still moving around that track one way or another, and there's no hiding. I can say that firsthand experience from my Boston race last year when I made it through 3K and 8 flat. Absolutely redlining, <laughs> like dropped out of the race, you know. Uh, heart rate was probably like 190, just completely cashed out, just stunned, like disbelief. And it's crazy thinking back at that experience and how low I was in that moment and how everything just like mm-hmm. changed completely for me yeah. for the rest of the year after that. Um, what has been your kind of lowest moment, you'd say, um, in your career so far? I mean, is, has there been a moment where you've kind of, like, looked into the darkness and been like, I don't know if I can do this, or...
1: Um, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, I think another benefit of being in the program I was in is, like, I stayed healthy pretty much my entire college experience. Like, there was a few times where I got injured for a couple months, um, but it was never anything that was, like, going to change... Uh, the sport for me, like, mm-hmm. I never really just got into a dark place, and, like, I know a lot of my teammates and stuff, they got into these places that they just couldn't claw back out of, because they were yeah. so injured, and so just oh,
0: man. I away came from in, the sport I stuff. came in my freshman year of college with five guys, you know, and we all assumed we were going to be captains leading the team All-Americans by right. our fifth year, you know, and I was the only one to make it to the fifth year on the same team, you know, like, Craig transferred, you know, like... And just life happens, you know, like getting through five years of college is so damn hard. And anyone that can even just do that, no matter what level they ended up running in compared to what they did in high school, is like truly an accomplishment. And I hope any college kid out there that's listening to this right now that is struggling or anything to that degree, like you got to hold your head up high, like no matter where you're at. And like understand like how hard it is to like keep your head down and keep going like through all like the shit that gets thrown at you with like college like period yeah
1: yeah i mean i certainly had times where it was like i would have these injuries that would last a while and i just was like seeing all these physical therapists and getting all this work done and i just couldn't figure it out but like i think just really figuring out your body and how you like how it works was really important for me and just like just learning about myself and trying to do what I could to stay healthy when I was healthy and doing all the preventatives. And You yeah.
0: said it to me earlier this year, actually, and I remember thinking, like, that's a really great quality that's going to take this kid far, is uh, you said when you had your, like, planner problem, mm-hmm. um, when you, like, first showed up here, yeah. that was another thing I was, like, freaked out about, because you don't want to show up to, like, whether it's, you know, high school, first day of camp, or wherever, injured, you know, like, yeah. that's the worst feeling in the world. Um, maybe worse than getting injured before like the big race you know but uh, you said you kind of just like figured it out yourself you know you kind of like got online did a ton of research and like figured it out yourself yeah and I definitely think that's like one of your best qualities is like you're not afraid to you know strap up your boots yourself and figure it out you know and that's going to take you far because probably what you experienced this weekend in Boston too like professional running world, like, you're not getting your hand held anywhere near as much as what you do in college or what you think. Like, you went to the race by yourself. Like, you know, we didn't have Coach fly out for this weekend. Like, there's not, like, the finances that, like, you think where we can just fly Coach to every race we want to. Like, sponsors out there hit us up. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, like, one of those things where I think that, like, you being able to, like, take ownership of the stuff yourself like when I first started running in these races professionally I basically just followed Drew around like a little puppy dog and Drew was the 18 year old you know like I just yeah. basically was like oh you're going to Milrose like I guess I'll do that too you know and yeah. it's amazing that that's you know what you get to do this coming up weekend with us but um yeah tell me about uh the n-
1: next few steps of this season coming up I'm going to Milrose next weekend for the like invite mile um which I'm super stoked about. It should be a really good field assembled for that. I think last year um, it was 3.57 for the win. I think this year's just faster, so I think it's going to be a fast race. Um, I'm just ready to go, kind of like light it up. Um, and I got that time out of the way last weekend, and I think that was just this big kind of like barrier for me, um, just like knowing I can run really fast. and I think now it's just, like, I just love racing. I love winning, and I think I'm just going to show up to this race and just try to compete. Um, and then afterwards, I'm helping this guy out. I'm pacing, like, 600 meters or something of the, three, the, the 3K, the 3 and I'm going through. 600, that's all you got? Come on. I think so. <laughs> 600, 800, I don't know what I'm, I'm, like, I'm running 30s, I think. So it's, like, it's going to be fast. But it'll be fun to just, like, show up on the start line with, you know, you and Kerr and Beamish and a bunch of killers, a bunch of absolute <laughs> animals. Um, and hopefully, I'm there next year, like in a, in a race like that. But, um, yeah, I'm stoked. I think it's going to be a great weekend. I've never been to New York, so I'm um, just kind of vibing. And...
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny when we were new in Boston together. Uh, you know, like I've had my fair share of races in Boston so far, and Austin's like, dude, we should go to, like, an art museum, or, like, we should go do something and, like, see <laughs> this town. Like I'm, I'm just, not like, in my, my hotel bed. bed. I'm like, dude, like, my toe is bruised. <laughs> I don't know if I can race. Like, I'm not leaving this hotel room, bro. Yep. <laughs> like, I. you want to watch Lord of the Rings, or that's pretty much all I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> I guess we ended up watching The Sopranos, but yep. you know Shout what out. I mean. Um, yeah. So, Austin, what's something that... I mean you spent the whole weekend
1: with Sam in the hotel room and everything, and you probably haven't had that much exposure to Sam ever, so what's something that you've learned about him this weekend? <laughs> oh no. This guy he's 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 a good roommate. I I didn't know what to expect. Um he was like you know, shut the light. we shut the lights off and we needed to go to bed. He wasn't on his phone. Um you know, we were waking up at the same time. He did take one absolutely <laughs> disgusting shit one day. It was, it was after but, the race, right? Yeah. It was after the it race. Like, yeah, it was just a <coughs>
0: shake, shake Shack, beer, uh, waiting around for Yard and Woody to get their drug test done. Just uh, really got my blood boiling, I guess.
1: <laughs> but other than that, it was great. Like, no complaints. Definitely would room with him again, so. Yeah, yeah. So
0: we are, as we're sitting here right now, we have the Tim Men Elite archive wall, or sale wall, if you will, these are all our leftover shoes we have, we have some Supernovas, some Bostons, we have a very sp- sporadic sizing for like Audios Pro 2's uh, left over, and we have the Timmen Elite Essentials Collection, I don't have anything around me right now, but it's our camo singlets, we have like an OG hoodie on the website right now, this stuff really keeps us going throughout the season, um you know, like these product sales go directly back into paying for, you know, our flights our physios, anything that can keep us going in this sport pays our bills quite literally. Um, (laughs) so any little bit of support, uh, goes quite a long way, um, for Austin, for myself, um, and for continuing to, you know, do these type of productions like we're doing today. So yeah, thank you guys so much. And, uh, Go, go try out some two before maybe. I don't know. Maybe that stuff's pretty pretty good. Some good juice. I took it before my workout. Some good stuff.
1: I love it. But yeah, I mean, I train in supernovas. Um, I wear Bostons for long runs. Like, they're great shoes and, you know, they look cool too. so
0: mainly just wear Bostons when it's,
1: when he it feels really shitty. Yeah. Like, like, like no, today. Not straight up like today. I feel like Garbo. <laughs> if you're on the Bostons, you're fine.
0: All right, dude, Milrose, let's run it back. Sorry, Drew, <laughs> loser. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, um, and I'm basically opening the door for you to be really uh, cocky here. Um, oh, wonderful. Uh, shouldn't be any problem, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say hypothetically, uh, we're doing this podcast again, you know, five years from now, and it's, well, hopefully, let's say ten years from now, you're still a young lad. Um, it's an ex-interview, and I do your introduction again. You know, I'm saying, welcome to the podcast, Austin Miller, and I said today, newly minted sub-four guy,
1: what else am I going to say the next time? Shit. Um, you know, I think... Uh I, I think I'm gonna be fast, man. Like I think I'm gonna be really good. And I think the more I'm around these people and these other really high caliber athletes, it's like it's infectious, isn't it? The more I just am like, I can do that. Like we're all in Boulder, we're all doing the same stuff for the most part. Um, and you know, you see Joe out there running 1254, you see Ollie running 330. It does feel like we're in like a renaissance of like just
0: raising the bar, you know?
1: And like, I think our team is in a really good spot. Like I think to, to pursue stuff like that, you have to be healthy and you have to have like really good team energy. And I think we have that. And I think in the future, we're going to bring in more good guys that are going to have that. And like, I genuinely think like I'm going to be U.S. champion. Like I, you know, I want to be a, competing at diamond leagues i want to be you know vying for u.s teams every year and doing all that sort of thing and and i don't know what events i'm going to be doing Mm -hmm. like i think the 1500 is is going to be for a couple years definitely like my marquee event and i think i still have a lot to learn in that event um just both with like international racing and just competing for spots and and running fast like i haven't run that fast and Mm -hmm. I think I have a lot to learn, but, like, that's all I see for myself is just, like, just greatness. Like, I think I have no reason not to believe in myself to do stuff like that. And that's why I went pro. Like, I remember seeing, I think it was Dylan Maggard. Like, he had some post where he's like, I didn't go pro to, you know, just run fast. Like, he wants to make U.S. teams. Mm -hmm. And, like represent your country and like that's mm-hmm. it's always been super fascinating to me just to go do that and all the greats they 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 run for their country and that's something I want to do for for my family and yeah all that stuff so
0: yeah for sure awesome man um you mentioned Maggard um what uh what are other guys that like whether they're an player right now or you know other pros that you feel like you really kind of like gauge off of i guess this is a two-part question like mm. who are guys that you really like gauge off of to be like all right if he's doing that i want to be doing that you know like i've always i don't know if it's because we were just roommates those years um and i'm looking forward to diving in to it with him in the next podcast episode with Klecker. like yeah. i'm constantly looking at Klecker. Oh, you know yeah. what i mean like gauging off of him being like damn, he just ran 13 flat, you know, damn, and, like, he just ran 12.53, you know, like, all right, like, he just took Grant to, you know, he took Grant's money, you know, like, it's like, (laughs) you know, like, I'm constantly looking at him and being like, all right, like, I want to keep chasing him, you know, like, who's a guy that you're like, okay, I want to,
1: you're, like, gauging yourself off, you know? I think for me, it's like, I have been looking at, like, 1,500 guys, so, Mm -hmm. (sighs) I've always looked up to guys like Centro and um, guys who just want to win. Like, Mm -hmm. right. Like it, like Collector's a little different because you can kind of see what he's doing. And you know, we're a lot more active. Uh, I didn't have that luxury with guys like Centro, but um, other guys, I mean, I like Oregon project, man, those curtains were up and they stayed up until the end of the time. (laughs) Um, Like I think drew was a big, like training with drew is crazy. Like I'm, you know, I train a true hunter every day. Like, that's wild.
0: Yeah, there's that great picture of you two. You yeah. know, what, what, was it at Drake or was it at
1: USA's? Yeah, that was, like, I think I, I met him at Drake Relays after I had just run, like, 152 or yeah. some shit. And I thought I was, like, yeah. like about to do something crazy. And yeah. and I saw him run the mile. I think he lost. I think he's second. Um, and me and my friend got a picture with him. And, like, Drew and I are the same age, which, like, is crazy. But I I looked up to him.
0: People forget that, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like crazy that, like, people can, like, it's so easy just with, like, Drew's injuries and shit, Mm -hmm. you know, just to, like, write him off and be like, oh, like, you know, like, yeah, he didn't pan out, you know? It's like, bro, this dude's just starting. Like, this dude made a 5K team, like, three years ago, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, he's gone through a lot of shit, you know? Like, his, the. Any kid that's handed like the keys to a castle like he was when he went when you're 18, you know, it's like a lot to deal with, you know, like a a lot of luxury that comes with that, you know, but of course, like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of adversity you have to go through. So I love seeing that picture of you too, yeah, um, being like, dang, and I experienced that so much at Boston actually this past weekend in a different way, where like I saw. You know, this goes back to question number one, like, showing some love. Like, there's a lot of love that uh, a lot of people showed us this weekend at Boston, like, college kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. That kind of were saying, like, dude, like, man, I've been following you guys since I was in high school or, you know, something like this. And now they're running in college. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And now they're, like, legit D1 runners, like, still chasing the dream. And it's like, man, that's so fulfilling, you know, for me. And to see that, I remember when, like, we did your announcement And I I forget if it was, like, Joey or someone found that picture, you know. Um, And then we all ended up posting it just because it was, like, such a great full circle thing. And it, like, shows people that, like, hey, it is awesome to support professionals, you know. It's awesome to, like, be vulnerable enough to, like, take a picture, you know. Because you never know how freaking sick that picture might be one day, you know. Where you're sitting here now doing workouts with him, taking Drew to the well in 200s, you know, like yesterday.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like. It's crazy. Like, so I for sure looked up to him and, and like, he's finally healthy and, and like he, he, he knows what he's doing. Like he's been doing it for a long time. He's a vet. He's
0: he's the only 25 year old veteran in, in the sport of running right now. So
1: I take a lot of just like 25, right? Yeah. 25. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, if I see him lifting, I want to lift. If I see him, you know, doing these doubles and stuff, I want to do that. Like he eats well. I want to do that. Uh, just the way he approaches training and stuff is great and so he's he's a great training partner for me and I think just having someone that you like have looked up to and someone who you're like chasing is that's a great place to be in from like a like training group point of view but uh, who else I don't know like Andy Weeding was someone I looked up to a lot Um, I saw a lot of myself in him and I think like I didn't find him until after I started running, like because oh, he was really? kind of before my time. But I was like, you just get into the well and you just find these guys. And
0: my favorite Andy Weeding race is like the one with like him and uh, no, I don't think Centro was there. It was him and uh, Ryan Gregson, oh. and it was like in Australia or mm-hmm. some or sorry, some like Diamond League. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm butchering this now, but like they both ran like sub 3 like 330 something like low to, yeah. like very low like before running when like yeah. no one was running sub 335 you know and that and that just kind of like put both of those guys like they put like the professional running world like on notice yeah. after that race
1: and like he's just a tall white guy you know it's like, <laughs> I, like I, I think that's so funny and <laughs> like i'm gonna be looking kind of funny on some of these start lines i think too once i'm
0: Especially once you get to the diamond league yeah. and you realize like how short yeah. some of like the Kenyans that you run against, you know, like when I go, when I show up, like even at world this past year, like Jakob and I like tower o- and like Matthew Ramsen stuff, like we tower over <laughs> some of these guys, you know, and you yeah. don't even realize it where it's like, yeah, we're like six, one, six, two, you know, but these guys are like five, eight and you never would expect it because on TV and when they're all running together, you mm-hmm. don't realize it, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, pretty funny. Um, Is there any guys kind of in like college right now that you're like okay if I could recruit and train with that guy that would be best case scenario.
1: Um, man, are we just gonna talk about recruit like? I think (laughs) I think uh, like those UW guys. Like I think um, yeah, those guys are gamers, man. The guy Brian Faye. Dude is insane. Yeah, dude,
0: that's what that was. A, that's what I was gonna say too. I mean, we were so talking, versatile. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and we like, were gonna say we were saying they're doing the DMR right. Yeah, like they're going after DMR record at Boston. What 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 are the splits for that again?
1: Well, I think um, Oregon. I think it was like Hawker. That's Colin Cooper's record. Yeah, two fifty to forty seven to one forty seven. Charlie Hunter, I think, and then like. 354, some bonkers, like...
0: Yeah, it's a team... Basically, that Oregon team was a team of, like, professionals. Like nine, yeah, you know, like, like nine, they all could have signed a contract, like, months yeah. before, you know, do, like, running that race, and those UW boys are kind of in that same situation now, I you know, so. where it's, like, you got, like, Wascom and Faye and those guys that are all, like, you have Sam Ellis. I don't know if Sam Ellis has indoor eligibility. Not, not indoor. He's, he's got outdoor. outdoor, but okay. he's a
1: stud, too. I mean, I think, like... I'd love to train some of the Stanford guys, uh, like, I think, Hicks and, you know, Sprout, and those guys mm-hmm. are great, but, yeah, I don't know, like, those college kids, like, they're so good, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, a lot of them are on a different level than me right now, like, I still got some work to do, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be it's going to be fun outdoors when I finally get to go against some of those guys, I don't know if I'll get to do it indoors, but...
0: Yeah, no, I, I think I said it in an earlier podcast or something, but it's like I uh you never want to lose to a college kid, you know, but as long as you don't lose to the college kid like in July and August. Yeah. You know? Like that's like if there's so like all of a sudden like there was a – oh I'm blanking on his name, uh Stanford guy, best runner in there right now. Uh Six. No. Uh he won the B U five oh, K Yeah, Kai yeah, 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 Kai Robinson. Um Like he he was doing it all summer, you know. (laughs) Like he was at World's Five K and like he should have been in the final also. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like sheesh like if he's doing that already, like and doing a full college season, like that is damn impressive, you know? Yeah, it's like it's one thing to be ready in like May, you know, for like a college kid, you know, because that's you gotta be full go, you know, but for us it's like May, it's like that's just when we gotta get started, you know, and then be our best then in July and August for
1: Championships. I, yeah, I think that's going to be a transition, too, for me. It's, like, I think I'm doing well so far at just, like, trying to look at the season, like, as, like, a summer season and not put too much, like, emphasis on these indoor races and, like, yeah, I'd love to go 353 right now, but it's, like, I don't need to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I need to continue training, continue getting better so that I can run three, you know, sub 3:35 and be in the us final Mm -hmm. and like race all summer and and do that stuff i think that's way more important just to get used to a full pro season than to just race fast and Mm -hmm. i think i'm pretty proud of myself so far with just how like level-headed i've been about everything and not getting super focused about these like little races and maybe if i don't race well or like stuff like that i think uh, i just gotta get used to the pro season and i think a lot of people don't realize that it's like it's like completely different. Like in college, you're doing fall, you're doing cross, you know, then you got to do indoor and, you know, qualify for indoors. and Then you got to go to outdoors, qualify for outdoors, go to USAs. And now it's like, it's just way different. Um, and I think I knew that coming in. Like everyone was kind of telling me like this summer, like, I think you were telling me early on, like, you got to be good in the summer, man. Like, that's my advice to you. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, like, that's what I'm going to do then. So...
0: Yeah, it's dangerous, right? Because you can, like, go out there and do, like, Raleigh Relay, Stanford Invite and go on to go, like, try and go rip those races, you know? And it's, like, yeah, that's great, you know, but is it better than to kind of continue to build, like, your threshold base and stuff? And it's, like, I definitely think that was, like, you saw a ton of guys. And, you know, like, I'm, I have to put my money where my mouth is right now um, because, like, there's a ton of guys that ran really great 5Ks indoors or early in the season last year. But then, and had, yeah, and on the start list, when you're looking at Europeans and worlds and stuff, and it's like, how am I going to beat all these 13-0 guys, yeah. you know? But then, but then they weren't ready then, you know, because their bodies weren't 100%, you know, whatever it might have been, you know, they weren't ready on that day, and it's, it's it really is the type of thing where it's like it's easy to get caught up in just like those early season races because that's what I did you know my first few years professionally you know like I didn't even think (laughs) like summer it's like kind of I thought of this as this kind of this like luxury season that could be there if things are still going well and I'm healthy you know and you realize quickly like the guys that are really the pros pros I don't know if you want to call it that whatever but it's like they're the ones going deep into the summer. You know, yeah. like their season does not end. Like it's not USA's and then let's go see if we can run some PRs, you know, or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. It's like you go and you're competing against the best runners in the world at Diamond Leagues and, you know, really showcasing that you're, you know, in a whole nother tax bracket, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe not actually in a new tax bracket, <laughs> for, but for our sake, but you know what I'm saying. Um, you got anything else for me? I think we covered just about everything.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're good, man.
0: Awesome. All right, Austin. Well, I really appreciate it. Looking forward to getting you back on the pod and giving you that long and amazing introduction that I know you're going to have to work your ass off for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that we got you saying it now so that maybe we can just roll that clip, you know? Clip it. You know, we can clip it. And then four or five years later, and maybe when you do cross that finish line with your arms up, uh, winning that US title uh, that'll be a great moment just yeah. like it was to look back at that picture with you and Drew continuing to climb the ladder and step the stones and continue on in the right direction thank you guys so much for tuning in if you guys are still listening you guys are real ones thank you so much and can't wait to have you guys back listening with Clecker and I next week. thank you guys so much